0: Welcome to a wholeness podcast, a healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Hey, hey, beautiful beings, how are you going? You are in for a treat with this week's guest speaker, Sherelle King. She's someone with a lot of experience and a heap of knowledge, wealth and wisdom coming your way. Sherelle is a heart-driven NLP master who has been in the Heron Street for 30 years. Having had two salons of her own, been an educator and worked on stage at Hair Expo, she now specialises in helping people take the leap into having their own salon or levelling up a salon owner's business. This is a cracker of a conversation where we open up the must-have roadmap for business owners, from self-belief to purpose. Sherelle really does take everything into consideration with mindset being the key ingredients
1: to success. So enjoy listening. I listen to podcasts and it's really, one thing is it's just taking people on a journey because I know we are such visual people and we see and that, but when someone's listening, that's very different from an audio perspective. Mm. If one person listens to this and it can help them shift in their mindset or mm. their belief, well, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So.
0: Well, you've got so much to give, honestly. The wealth and knowledge that you've got. Behind 30 years of being in the industry, having two businesses as well as being an educator and training apprentices over the time, You've gone on such an amazing journey throughout these 30 years that there's absolutely no way you cannot give value. There's just it's just <laughs> not going to happen.
1: <laughs> absolutely. I've got a story to tell for everything.
0: You have my love. You have. So let's start yes. off to begin with them in terms yeah. of I'd love to take the listeners through your journey. What has been your journey from Where you started to where you are today, and I think along the way, we're gonna sort of pick out certain points. You know, we might go off on a tangent one way and then come back to it.
1: When I first started out in business, I was 21 when I went into business, Mm. and i have gone from being a hairdresser to a salon owner, and went, "Oh my god!" Like there is so many facets of being a salon owner Mm. that you don't realise. I remember employing my first staff member and had to train him. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing." So during that time, I had that business for 10 years and had lots of mistakes and Mm. ups and downs. I made a promise to myself that I wanted to learn as much as I can during my career to be able to come back and then help others in business, like how I was when I was younger and going from being a hairdresser to a salon owner without the skills and the knowledge that I can now give back to other people. So that's what – And during that time, like, I lacked very much my limiting self-beliefs and um, I had to do some stage work at Hair Expo and things like that. And, oh, my gosh, that was just so scary But the things that I had to move through and believing in myself along the way Mm. um, was just so wonderful, that journey. So once I sold the salon, I then went into being a TAFE teacher. So I've been a TAFE teacher for about 19 years, which is Wow! Amazing, meaning hundreds chunk of, of your friends. career. It's huge. I, I think I like to do things in like a ten year, twenty year. Mm. <laughs> that was wonderful. I've loved being an educator. It's just one of the most amazing things that you get somebody at the beginning of their journey and you teach them how to hold a pair of scissors and. And then you go on the journey with them, those two years of their education, and then they're cutting hair and they're doing all this beautiful work and these colour work. And you go, Oh my gosh, like, I had such an influence yes. in their life. That's what gave me so much joy mm. about being an educator. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's wonderful. But I still kept, there was this conversation coming around of um, they were not happy in the industry or. They were working for an employer and they just weren't feeling that they were getting the training and the education. And I just kept hearing that conversation coming up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And therefore, I went back into business again in 2019 and put everything that I know in business, that I know in business and training, and built that business up mm-hmm. to then now be in the position again of, of helping and mentoring salon owners in their businesses. Yeah.
0: To be able to empower them. the the skills and the knowledge to be able to help their apprentices so then you no longer have apprentices in the industry going, oh well, I don't know how to do that and I'm not being taught enough in the salon and I don't have the confidence to go and do that yet, but my boss is booking in a whole head of highlights and I can't do a whole head yet. So it's basically you're wanting to equip the salon owners to be able to prevent that barrier in apprentices.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, it, and a lot of it comes down to their learning styles. There's so many facets of how to train people and mentor people. And that's one of the, the amazing things I learned when I learned NLP is how we learn. We all learn in different ways. So we're either visual people, kinesthetic, auditory, or internal dialogue. And even just understanding that, like you might be a very kinesthetic learner as a, your employer, but you have might a staff member that might be very visual. So when you're talking about feeling, can you feel that they're going, uh uh, no, I don't understand that, because they're more visual, big picture. So it's just understanding how to train them in their language as well that best suits them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if a salon owner or educator isn't aware of the different types of learning needs, well they might not be able to provide the education accordingly to what a student may need. 'Cause like you're saying, somebody might be visual, somebody might be more kinesthetic, and some people might be more auditory. So how does one adapt to multiple different learning needs?
1: Yeah. In my journey of being an educator, before I knew that, like was you've got what you need to teach, like your modules and so forth like that, but it's that next level of understanding to help that student move forward and in, mm. in empowering them, really, you know, and just giving them praise and lacking self-belief and that self-confidence that's giving them the tools and the resources that they feel more confident and comfortable with going, okay, I'm learning, I'm in a safe environment and, you know, it's like anything when we learn to drive, you know. I, my daughter's learning to drive at the moment and, oh, my gosh, it's scary. <laughs> oh. Start from there. Like sometimes we forget that we were all learning from the, the basics as well too. And it's really overwhelming and very daunting. But if you're in a safe environment, in a positive safe environment, that's where you grow and you are empower. And mm-hmm. I have a great tool called a staff appraisal that I teach my salon owners to work with their, their staff. And that is such an amazing tool as well because it's really working out where their mindset is at mm-hmm. for the staff members and how they can empower them for them to grow and you know just what their strengths and weaknesses are and honing on those and once mm-hmm. they the staff member is feeling more valued and they're feeling more empowered well they are so much more loyal and want to stay and want to work yes. in that selling environment for you but one of the reasons why when the staff leave is because they feel like they're not valued or they're not listened to or they're not getting the training mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it's a really one of the big things of staff moving on.
0: Yep. And so taking you back to when you first had your own salon, how long had you been in the industry when you decided to go into business on your own?
1: I had just so it was a four-year apprenticeship back then and I had, let's see, about two years i have been out of my apprenticeship. But I just always knew I had this burning desire to want to own my own salon and yeah. want to train people in a positive working environment. That was always my passion. I think I've always enjoyed teaching mm-hmm. and educating, always been my real passion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so I was still really young. I was 21 when I first went into business. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what was your experience? being an apprentice or being a student coming into the hair industry, do you feel like that has dictated why you wanted to go into your own business and why it's led to where you are today, being so conscious about actually how us as leaders within the hair industry, whether it be a salon owner, a barbershop owner, a manager or a leader, knowing that actually those people within the industry, we're the ones that are passing down our knowledge So I'm curious, actually, to know what was your experience like as an apprentice, as a student, and do you feel like that's been a big impact as to why you've gone into what you have gone into?
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I came from a salon that was really busy, and it felt like it was just um, get them in, get them out, type mentality. It was like, and I was on the floor cutting hair seven months into my apprenticeship, and it just was so scary like really really scary I really hadn't had the training and the resources Mm. and that's where that that passion for me to really learn and educate people is so important so valuable that they feel more confident to then be on the floor doing hair Um, so I come from a very place of feeling really uncomfortable but Mm. then I would take myself off and go and do courses. Like I went to Pivot Point and did a three-day razor-cutting for the razor-cutting workshop, which has just been the best thing I've ever done. So I outsourced myself. It wasn't up to my employer to say, you need to go and do these courses. I thought, well, they're not going to encourage and train me, so it's up to me. Mm -hmm. So in any opportunity I could, I would go out and do a course. Mm -hmm. I would go out and do a cutting course or a colour course or I was just always learning to be a better version of myself. But it wasn't... An encouraging work environment, either, and the communication wasn't there. So, that there they were the things that I was lacking that I knew that needed to be when I had my own business. That was my driving force, mm-hmm. the lacking of things that I wanted to create. But yeah, yeah. You know.
0: I feel like, based on my experience within the industry, as well as hearing other people's stories, there's an awful lot of lack of support out there, but yet you'd think that there wouldn't be, you know, you'd think it's such a rapid growing industry and there's so many of us in it that we wouldn't battle with these things, but I've witnessed it, you've experienced it. I would say when I stepped into the industry 18 years ago, mine was very different. For me, I was full time at college for two years And I was working in a salon one and a half days of the week. And I was very fortunate that the first salon I worked in was Christine, my boss at the time, was so, so influential and empowering and showing us new techniques and really wanted to educate us. So then we, you know, her idea was to not keep us, but let us fly, let us go once we've qualified. So I've experienced a bit of a different scenario. However, it was. Then once I'd got qualified and went out into the industry and spread my wings, that's where I was like, oh my God, there's no support. I'm not enjoying my workplace. I've got no guidance. Or if I am asking for it, then I'm just brushed aside because they don't have time to teach me things or and so on. And then I've witnessed from other people within the industry who are apprentices and who have been an apprentice whilst I've been working in salons and barbershops, where they're coming to me saying, I need to get this signed off, but uh, I've not been trained on it. And college is expecting it to be done in the salon. And so I've witnessed what you're sharing. And I'm pretty sure many people out there, whether they're a salon owner, barbershop owner, or a manager leader, or even apprentice there, they can probably relate to that and say, Oh, you know, I've I've seen that, or I've, I've experienced that. So it's nice to know that we're not alone. But that shouldn't be happening in the industry and I feel like that's why you've stepped into that role to be like okay I've experienced this but now I can do something about this I've got the experience I've got the knowledge I can help these salon owners step into that role of, of being able to look after their team and kind of give their team a hug and be like everything's okay I feel like that's starting to shine through with what you're saying and what you and I have shared already and looking on your website and the things that you share on there and things. So, yeah, that's it's interesting to know that actually a big part of your initial experience in the industry has what's then transpired into you becoming now a salon business coach.
1: Yeah, and I think that what you... So too, you know, you have obviously such a really beautiful, positive apprenticeship. And having that, um, you, or you experienced that nurturing and that training and that education and how empowering that made you feel as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. But then going out in the real world, it was like, oh, hang on a minute. Like that's not everywhere yeah. doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's
1: absolutely. That, it's out there, um, but it's just sometimes too I think that if you Are trained in a certain way, like if you have an apprenticeship and you have no training in that, well, you don't know any difference. Then you go in a business and you go, oh, well, it was just the same. This is how I was taught, so it's just the same. We don't know any different. So breaking that chain and going, okay, how can I be successful in my business and how can I empower my staff and grow my business and not burnt out standing behind the chair working in it so much? Step back a little bit more and be the leader to your team Make time to train your staff. Make time to work on your marketing. And there's so many amazing facets mm. of business that is just so amazing and beautiful to grow your team, your business. But it's, you need to invest in that time mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing that I find. Like we're very time poor as, as hairdressers, and but we invest our time to do a cutting course or a balayage. But do we invest time into our business? Mm-hmm. And learning about our business and how we can grow our business and empower our staff and that yeah. so that's where I feel there needs to be more of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that around is spending sort of yeah coming back into ourselves and investing on ourselves and our business mm-hmm. definitely
0: so you had your first salon for how long you was age twenty one twenty two when you had your first salon and how long was you on yeah. that journey?
1: Ten years I had that salon for.
0: Yeah. So yeah. when you had that salon, did you step into the educator's role whilst you was a salon owner? And was that when you went into going into college and worked with TAFE as well?
1: No. So during my the ten years I had the salon, I actually moved into um, stage work. So I worked for some certain companies mm-hmm. and I was stage work, for hair expo and we we're traveling around new south wales cutting and coloring workshops and things like that and that was that point of the passion that ignited me about education mm. i mean it was daunting you know, especially my first standing at hair expo on stage and i've got all these hairdressers in front of me going, that was very very daunting but i loved it i absolutely loved it so when i sold my on, that's the passion that that really drove me was that like, education. So that's when I moved into being a, a tech educator. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. And along the way, you've done your NLP training. So for those that don't know what NLP is, it's neuro-linguistic programming. When did you find out about NLP and when did you actually get trained on that to become an NLP master coach? Because I feel that's been a really big, important aspect of now what you do with your business coaching around mindset around confidence so yeah when did you find out about NLP along your journey and um how, how did you get into that
1: I've actually years I've learned about NLP for a very long time I've actually got a book that I had I was reading upon it and so it's always been a, a passion of mine to learn more about it and I really think that during my teaching and that that I was incorporating a lot. And I think it's in our industry, in the hair and beauty and barbering industry, we do do a lot of it when like we're talking to our stuff. clients. Exactly, without us really knowing. So I just wanted to have a greater understanding more about what NLP is. Mm-hmm. So when I sold my salon in 2021, what was in now? At the end of 2021, one of the, the moving into business coaching, that was like, okay, I want to enhance my business coaching even more mm. and move people through in more of a positive way that I want to understand NLP so much more. So that took me, I did a practitioner course. Yeah. And then this year in 2023, I did the master prac. What that gives me in the business coaching is when I start business coaching with somebody and if they're not in the frame of mind or they have very limiting self beliefs. We can't move forward. I feel like there's that block there. So we need to really look at the blocks, look at where those self beliefs or where those challenges are first. Then we can move forward. And we're such in a better frame of mind, more open and receptive to look at different areas of our business and how we can move, you know, just move forward. So I just love NLP. I love how it's just put everything together and given me the confidence. To really know how to move people through and mm. just feeling so much more confident yeah. and empowered.
0: Helping them move through self-belief, self-doubt, not feeling yep. worthy enough to have their own salon.
1: Mm. And that's one of the biggest things that I've had people that I've worked with that You oh, might be a chair and they go, I really would love to own my own business but I just don't have the confidence to do that. And when they do the online course that I have, it just or One of the first modules I work on is actually amplifying your mindset or leadership, yeah. your mindset, because it gives you the confidence to go, no, actually, I can do that, but then I need the resources and the tools to be able to move, and that's part of it. Yes. If we have that limited self-belief, we go, I can't do that, I can't do that because I don't have yes. the resources to do it, well, that's what the course does. It helps give people a good toolkit, like a good toolkit of scissors. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that's the Business Foundation course where you start to talk about that.
1: Yes, that's right, okay. yeah. But so with the, the coaching, it's a six-month and a 12-month coaching program. That's more of an intense, very much around the basics of the online group coaching program, but it's more of an intense and we go very more in-depth in it. And how we move through things and the success is mm-hmm. such a greater rapid. Yeah, it's really, really wonderful results, yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is the thing, isn't it, sort of, once you start getting aware of your techniques such as your NLP and start to realise, oh, this is something that we do on a day-to-day basis, you've got that awareness and you can then, whether that be as a stylist on the shop floor working with their clients, you can use those sorts of techniques, you can use those techniques with your team as what you're teaching you know in terms of your lead leaders managers salon owners and then you can utilize it for you to help salon owners or people who are wanting to become a salon owner overcome fear overcome self-doubt self-belief and step into that arena of confidence to go okay I can actually do this and I know that I've got a really amazing business coach working alongside me to help guide me through this
1: yeah and it's one of the things I talk about in the webinar that I've got—it's a roadmap, the selling owner roadmap—and yep. that really helps move people through because we have our beliefs. But with that belief, there's a feeling, and that feeling is also very impacting on us as well yes. too. One of the things that we feel like is say self-belief. We may have limiting self-beliefs that, oh, I, I can't grow my business, or I can't make the money, or I can't put my prices up. Mm-hmm. And that self-belief is fear, that's the feeling, mm-hmm. but if the impact is having this concern, you're concerned about things, you're not sleeping at night because you're waking up thinking, oh, I can't pay my bills and so forth. Mm. So it's moving people through from their, their belief up until their, what their purpose is and how that's feeling more conviction and influence on how they're feeling so much more stronger and confident in their business.
0: Yeah, but it's just like layer after layer after layer after layer, you know, it's it's number one, finding that acknowledgement and the awareness of going, Oh, I think I need help with this. And then once mm. you've got that help, then like you say, you know, you've got the self belief and then that enables you to take the next step and so forth.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, one of the next steps is your intuition, like from your self belief is your intuition. And if you're not listening to your intuition You can make some bad choices in your business or put an employer. You might be really desperate for a staff member and your intuition say, no, not, 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 not. But you still go (laughs) and employ them them and it was the wrong decision. (laughs) I just need them anyway. And you employ them and you go, oh, why didn't I listen to my gut feeling Mm. or my intuition?
0: Did you ever experience that when you was a salon owner and is that, one of the reasons why you bring it up within the roadmap is because it's like, Oh, I employed somebody once and my intuition was saying no, but I still went ahead and employed that person.
1: Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, one of the first people I actually employed and she was older than me and she had owned her own salon in Queensland. And I thought, Oh my gosh, wow. Like she was a salon owner. She's a little professional and so forth. And, she came to work and her hair was wet and she had no makeup on. And at that time, and her client was waiting there. I was like, what are you doing? Is your just getting to work? So her values were so different to what my values were. And back then, I didn't set the expectations for what was expected of her working for me. But I just, my gut feeling was like, no, no, no. But I would slowly keep thinking that it would get better. But I didn't have the, the knowledge and the resources back then to to know what to do, Mm -hmm. really, and to trust my intuition. Mm -hmm. Exactly, in that situation, because I just felt that, wow, yeah, she looked amazing, and she had all this great resume, but my gut feeling was like, no, don't do it. But I'm like, no, shush, shush.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. And by listening to your intuition, and knowing that you can make the right decisions by listening to your intuition, not being confused by your decision either. Yep. I know that on the next part of the roadmap, you then talk about structure and finding clarity and actually having a credibility for what do you stand for? And so what does structure look like on that roadmap?
1: Structure is your policies and procedures. You know, we have a policy and procedures that everything that we do really, we just really don't think that we do have that. So for instance, about employing a staff member, like that in itself is really a structure and a policy and procedure, the whole flow of how you employ somebody, the advertising, your interview, um, the trial, like that, and then the onboarding process, right through to um, the structure for your policies and procedures in your client consultation. But like when I first had my salon, um, I was so invested in my business that I actually felt pregnant and I got really sick and I had to step off the floor. And my staff were like, oh, my God, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Like, we're, we're, we don't know what to do because I had no structure in mm. place at all. There was no policies and procedures. There was just me knowing everything. But when I was taken out of the business, the, the place was falling apart. because be run without just- you. Yeah, yeah. And
0: Do that, you feel like that happened because you was working in your business rather than on your business, and that's why it's so important to you to get this across to people who are salon owners or for those who are wanted to become a salon owner?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Fliss. And I think anything in life, when you come from like you've been there yourself, like I've walked these shoes, and yeah, I've been in the industry for a long time, but I have made mistakes mistakes and therefore learning from those mistakes now I understand how important and valuable they are in your business and I remember the doctor saying you have to be in hospital and, and that and my clients coming to the house knocking on the door going can you do my hair and I'm going, I've got amazing staff in the salon that can do that But like, but I just had enough it was just oh, looking back on it, it was just, so I learned the hard way and that's why I know and how important having a structure, mm-hmm. but just policies and procedures in all aspects of your business, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that includes your contracts for your staff, it includes the mm-hmm. trial, maybe a month or a three-month trial, so then if you're in a situation like yourself was with that member of staff, you've then got a structure in place and a policy in place is if this doesn't work out for either one of us, this is how we break that bond. But back then... And I understand that you didn't even have that in place back then, which is why you didn't know how to deal with the situation with that staff member.
1: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. When I have my second business. I have the staff appraisals. That was one of my um, policies and procedures I would do with my staff member. And if things were not moving forward, I had one staff member that I was consistently having certain issues with. And... I would then, in that conversation, we would reflect on things and say, you're not improving in this certain area. If you're not going to be improving, I'm actually going to have to give you a written warning. And it really helped open up that communication of this is what's expected of you working for me and I cannot see the results. We're not moving forward. And I had to issue her two written warnings. By the third one, she went, oh, okay, Sherelle really means business now. (laughs) I don't want to work here and I don't want to be put off. And so it was a big wake up call for mm-hmm. her. But from that aspect of a, a staff member that's not performing and not doing well, that structure of a staff appraisal, it helped me so much with my, again, going up in the roadmap, the staff management. Yes, It gave me the, <clears throat> the confidence to get more loyalty from my staff members because I had such great communication with them like we were really open in that the staff appraisals really helped that staff meetings as well and the training
0: yes when it comes to staff meetings that is so so important and i've worked in some salons that was religious without fail Mm. it's a weekly meeting and then i've worked in other salons that just don't even think twice about a staff meeting and definitely in those situations i've really noticed how a breakdown in the team spirit the team around how the team work just gets put to one side because the team's actually not coming together on a regular occasion, checking in with each other and, okay, what's going well in the business, what's not going so well, what can we do better, what went wrong, what can we learn from it, and so forth.
1: Absolutely. And staff meetings should be more of an empowering meeting, like a team bonding, coming together, this is what's happening in the business. So I have a template and it's actually a structure on how to structure your team staff meetings. Mm. But it helps, like the staff appraisals are great to have the one-on-one conversations. Like they're the times that you need to have that really important conversations together and continually, whether it be monthly or six weeks. But a staff meeting, that's the time to say, okay, this is what's happening in the business. This is what we're working on in the marketing this month. Have you got any ideas? Any brainstorming ideas? Like a staff meeting is something to walk away feeling pumped yeah. and excited, and like, yeah. yes, I'm part of a great team, and we're having a great day. And rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, I've just been criticised and put down, and yeah, there's yeah. no
0: room for growth with that, is there? I mean, obviously, there's still always moments where we can have um, to be to be critiqued, but that should be an empowering way of going, like. You know, okay, I didn't do it quite right the first time, but now you've shown me this way. I'm going to try that next time. And then you get that sort of recognition within yourself going, oh, okay, now I understand. And now I see why I couldn't, why I wasn't doing that properly. So critique is still important, but it's actually how the salon owner or the manager or the leader. then puts that across to the member of the staff there's you know there's a good way and there's a wrong way or you know not wrong way but you know the a bad way and it's important and I guess coming back to NLP knowing how to communicate with somebody and and giving feedback as that and understanding what's the best way to go about this feedback with my staff with me not telling them that they've done anything wrong and putting them down but giving them a way of going oh you did well here but actually if you do this you could actually get that result so much better if you try this you know it's just learning the wording isn't it on how to approach these things with your staff members to empower
1: them it's like sandwiching it so you start off with just like looking a bit of a positive that's the beef of the, the message that you need to give but then at the end of it you're like okay so this is what we're going to do moving forward and blah blah so it's definitely constructive way of giving feedback rather than you're wrong. That was crap." like, that's not empowering for somebody. Mm-hmm. How are they going to learn from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And goals too. What are their goals within moving forward? That's, yeah. that's also a really nice way of feeling like, you know, three months or a six months goal to be working on to really fine tune your skills. And then they, they reach that goal and how, Oh, just how rewarding. Yeah. Anyone likes that. We all like goals and that and feel like we're moving forward and achievement. Absolutely. Otherwise, we feel stagnant and unappreciated. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. And, you know, so you going into staff management, that's giving the salon owner enough confidence to support their team, to build their team, keep that team morale going. But also, from what I'm understanding, um, the how to be – that Irresistible Salon Owner webinar. From beginning to do that course um, with yourself, it's when you build the confidence up within yourself, build the confidence up with your team, you've then got loyalty. You've then got the key to maintaining staff and keeping a sustainable business going because like you're saying, your staff members want to work with you. They want to work as a team and be part of that. And that's a brilliant way to... I guess from what I understand and what I've witnessed as well is is by keeping a tight knit team, and because the longer you can keep staff right, then the stronger that unit is going to become.
1: Yeah, and, and almost like a family unit mm. as well. And you know, when I had my second salon, my one of my staff members went early on back in the. One of her goals was that she wanted to own her own salon, and I didn't take that as a oh gosh, she's going to leave me one day. Like I thought, okay, well, this is her goal one day that she wants to own her own business. So I actually mentored her into business and she actually was the one that actually bought my salon for me. Oh, wow. So I embraced what her goals were and what she wanted to do moving forward. But there are other ways that you can do that. You could make her, if somebody has a goal to own their own salon, make them a manager Mm. or turn them into a more of a leadership role as well too to support you as the owner. Yeah. Really enhancing that and just yeah mentoring them, yeah,
0: and utilizing your staff to be able to take on jobs that maybe you can't do everything. Yeah it's um, delegating, isn't it, delegating jobs to your team, so then it's a lot more easy going for yourself, because probably what you've realized is you've kind of got to a burnout phase in in your mm. career where you was just doing everything and everything. He was working on the floor, training staff, doing the marketing, this and that and da, 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 that it got too much, you burnt out. And then what does that
1: result to? Yeah, absolutely. You just get sick or you're not loving what you do anymore. There's no passion there mm-hmm. for what you're doing because it feels like a burden because you're wearing so many hats mm-hmm. that you just you're just overwhelmed and there's no boundaries put in place as well too. Mm-hmm. And that's where when I work with my salon owners, We work on that mindset of putting boundaries in place Mm. and that's really important to sort of look at your week and go and blocking off time for you because as a leader how can you fill your cup up to give to everybody else if you're not in a positive mindset too or going for a walk or do yoga or eating healthily is really important for a beautiful balance from a leader perspective because if you're burnt out and you're tired how can you give to everybody Mm. and the next one on my roadmap is the clients, And without our beautiful clients, there is no business. Like yeah. So valuing our beautiful clients. And, the, and that comes back to with your clients, it's adding value to them. Yes. Um, having the valuable clients that want to pay the money for your services because they, they love what you guys do. But what else can you offer the clients rather than just a haircut or just a colour? Make it an experience. Mm. For them to come with you, and they, they just when I first went into business, um, the one in 2019, the salon I took over, it actually had gone bankrupt, so I was starting from scratch. Everything was in the salon, as such, that there was no clientele, and my prices were a lot more expensive to what the salon that was previously there. Mm-hmm. So, one of the first things that I did was actually I quoted before I started the service, so I would sit down, i would do the consultation with the client. And then I would say, okay, so today we're going to have half head of foils with the toner and the cut and the blow dryer with a beautiful treatment, and this is going to be so much. Mm-hmm. And they would go, oh, okay, all right. And so is that something within your budget or not? And they would go, no, no, that, no, that's in my budget. So it's actually giving them the, how much it is right up front. Yes. And then, and that was amazing, like during the journey of the, they'll actually go, okay, my hair's going to cost me this, and I can actually buy some retail as well too. Yeah. That was oh, just took my business. It grew wow. so rapidly up front with my clients. I valued them so much. Yes. And I just was like, this is how much it's going to be for wow. you. But I didn't do it every time, it was just mainly when they were new. Yeah. Or if we were changing a service.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's That's really, really important. And they communication. Yep. Mm. yep. And yeah.
0: And by by being upfront and honest and considering the financial aspect of a client sitting in your chair because we need to be mindful of that that then enables your clients to be like oh wow this stylist is really being considerate and compassionate towards my budgeting and it's giving me an option to say oh yeah that's all amazing or actually can I skip the treatment today I don't have enough funds for that or whatever it would be and then that builds that connection of you and your client and that's where that sort of let's say humanity comes into it you're really setting the, the foundation for your client it's through transparency I believe earns respect from your client your clients then respect your offerings and actually it's more likely that they'll come back again they might not be able to afford retail the first time around but they'll come back and they go, oh, you know that shampoo that you used last time? I, I really love the smell of it. Or, you know, does it have a conditioner that goes with it? Can I get some today? And and that's how you build on your clientele and that connection and that beautiful trust a client and a oh, stylist can have. Yeah.
1: And they experience more than they're just a client. Like when they come into your beautiful space and your salon, they are part of your community and you treat them. And one of the things that I talk about is who your client avatar is. And who is the, the people that you're talking to as such. And once you sort of understand who your client avatar is, it's the value, what is it that they love so much. And It could be time. They might be really time for. So for them to come into your space and sit in the salon for two hours to have their hair done, that's really valuable to them. So how can you make that so special for them mm-hmm. so that they just go, walk out feeling amazing and they don't mind paying the money to have their hair done because it was an experience rather than just rushed in, rushed out, just another hair, just another client. So it's mm. how can we add value to our beautiful clients so that they just will refer you? Like my business that I had, it went from nothing and it just grew to five stars, even during COVID.
0: Wow. Because
1: we had that understanding of really valuing our clients.
0: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I guess, I mean, are you still in touch with um, the team that you used to work with? I mean, you say that you ended up passing that salon to who was your manager. She ended up buying the business. So I get the feeling that you're still in touch with them and you're still involved with yep. how that salon's still growing.
1: Yeah, and I'm still in contact with the girls that when I had my first salon, we still catch up and communicate yeah, as well to right. like all these years later. Once people come into my world, they stay in my world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that just within itself goes to show the true beauty of who you are because it's it's one thing working for somebody but another thing actually wanting that person in your life and becoming a friend with that person
1: yeah and you know and there's, there's been times i've had staff, and they've moved on or things have happened that that you know not done the right thing by me and that and that's hurtful like very very hurtful like i've got a fellow owner that you know, she had um, somebody working for her and she found out that they were stealing from them. And it just absolutely broke her heart. Mm. Like, yeah, they, they, being in business is hard. And, yeah, they, they're friends. They, they, you know, you have that beautiful family community and, and trust and that. But there was also that fine line as well too, knowing that you are their employer yes. and you are the leader as well too. And that's where I always have with all my staff We had this beautiful connection and beautiful. But if I needed to have that tough conversation with them, I had that tough conversation with Mm. them. And they respected me for that because they knew at the the end of the day, I was still their leader. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And also for you to be able to have those tough discussions, that came initially from you having confidence within yourself, to know your values, to know your um, ethics, to know your boundaries. And by you knowing all of these and standing by them, you then know and you come across confident in that delivery to that person. Um, by having all of that in place enables you and your staff to have a, a healthy rapport and a healthy relationship.
1: Absolutely, definitely. You know, boundaries are such a big aspect of being in business and, you from a leader perspective putting the boundaries with your staff mm. but for the staff as well too you know there's healthy boundaries definitely yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah.
0: and mm. then that takes us to the last part of the roadmap then doesn't it
1: yeah absolutely you know i, I think that that's that true belief of am i really doing what i meant to be doing like asking yourself that question and when i work with my salon owners one of the things i go why are you in business like oh I don't know. Like it's a real question of why do you do what you do? What is it that, that drives you and gives you that passion and that mm-hmm. purpose in, for in our industry? And we may feel like, you know, this isn't really serving me anymore. This When I had my first salon, I, I knew that it was time after 10 years that I had to let go yeah. to move on to something else. And then that's when I went into teaching. Yeah. And I think really being honest with ourselves and our true purpose of, what it is that we're meant to be doing or evolving mm. and i think about my amazing career that i've had but you need to know a time when to let go of something mm-hmm. to move forward into other beautiful opportunities as well too available for you
0: absolutely god yes and it's knowing that and really tuning into it, it kind of takes us back to the intuition doesn't it? it's going okay This isn't my purpose anymore. This isn't working for me. So what's the next thing I can move on to? Because all the time we know what our purpose is, we've got conviction, but then we can also easily and so fluidly provide an influence to people around Mm. us.
1: Yeah, because you are just so convicted that this is your true purpose and what you're meant to be doing. Like if you have a business or a salon and you're like, no, I'm, I love my someone, I love my business, I love empowering my staff. You just come yeah, just with that true conviction and influence and confidence. but mm. that's where I'm so passionate about the roadmap to get there, but it all starts with the layers up there and if you don't have those you know the self belief or trust in your gut feeling and the structure and the staff management in place, you are not feeling of that that conviction of purpose because you're feeling so. Lacking of these other resources to make you feel that way, and the stronger you feel because you get, yep, I've got the resources and the tools to get me there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's an amazing roadmap in terms of it's actually simple to understand, but it's not until you break it down like the way that we have today, you can go. Oh yeah, there's some bits in that that I wouldn't have thought about, but that completely makes sense to be able to go from having self-belief to work towards what you believe your purpose is. And then you've got all these little mm. steps in between your intuition, the structure, the self-management, the clients, going from self-belief all the way out to purpose. All of those bits in between is what then solidify what you're doing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it brings it all together, Mm. yeah. It's really you feeling with that of your true identity of of who I am and what I'm I'm doing right now. We only get one life, like we're here for a short time, but we want to make it a good time. Yes. And there's no use sitting somewhere that you're unhappy or that you're not enjoying what you're doing. So it's really sitting with that and going, am I really happy? Do I love what I'm Mm. doing? And to, to move forward with that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And how do you feel you went moving forward from being a salon owner, an educator, salon owner again, to now being a salon business coach? Because you would have had to have a strong mindset to move into that direction and have the self-belief that you know what you're talking about. You know that you can help salon owners or people who want to become salon owners. How was that journey from you, from transitioning from your experience and your knowledge and your journey there into now becoming a a salon business owner coach? That's
1: a really good question. When I first had my business, I actually started on a very, I would say maybe a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And I read a lot of self-development books and I actually developed a course for the industry. Mm. Back then we didn't have social media and we didn't have what we have now of accessing. I remember doing a pitch a company for this and it didn't go so well but Mm. I think I was ahead of my time really so I've always had a passion for the health and the well-being in the industry having walked these shoes for quite a long time in the industry I'm still so passionate about it it's just in my blood I love love it but it's just people to look after themselves and for our that balance of the yeah, health, looking after our health, the longevity in the industry is so important. Get our mindset and our mental health in the industry. And also looking at our sort of emotional and spiritual connection as well too because we're giving all the time to people, give, give, give. Yes. And it's we really need to sort of look back and fill our cup up as well. Mm. And so I've been always on this journey of my spirit that I feel quite – strong and connected and know that I have so much to give to, to people that it's, it's my time yeah it's just, I'm right just, to you have,
0: to move into that space of becoming a coach for salon business owners
1: yeah 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 I think there's no use we're having all this amazing knowledge and not using it I think yeah. I can help
0: absolutely absolutely I said on last week's episode with Keegan I said If you're not sharing that knowledge or sharing that question, you're robbing others of that knowledge.
2: Yeah.
0: And it feels like for you, you're going, I have all this experience, all this knowledge, and I can share this. I can help so many people step into that role that they would like to be stepping into. And again, it comes back to you truly believe that this is your purpose and this is your calling. And having such confidence in that for you it's just gonna flow so it's just like you on this journey that even now you don't know where your journey is going to take you stepping into the coaching arena but all the possibilities and opportunities that could go out there for yourself now now that you've took on another role within such an an amazing industry you know and
1: it's putting yourself out there lists Mm. like you know, having that self belief of the conviction and I, what other people think of me, I don't, I don't care. I know there's going to be people out there, of judges and so forth. I, I get that, but I think I wouldn't have met you. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the things of putting yourself out there. And you meet all these amazing, beautiful people by doing that, and people that support you and along the journey. And and yes, it can be scary. Yeah, I'm sure. There's times I've sat there and gone, "Oh my gosh, Cheryl, what are you doing?" But I just, once I step and move forward into this new role and Mm. the beautiful people that you meet along the way, it's just such a wonderful journey. It really is. I'm I'm loving it. It's been 12 months now that I've been doing the coaching, so it's still in its building, but but I absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah. my soul. Mm.
0: So I'm excited to hear more about what you have to offer. What services do you provide to salon owners to people who are wanting to step into being an owner of a salon managers leaders what what do you provide and what can you gift to these people
1: so I have the online grouping coach program so that will start in February so there's a wait list for that I could have it as a organic program but I love the connection with people and it's an eight-week Group coaching program, so we go on the journey together. The modules get dropped each week, and then we four group coaching sessions. So that'll be in February. I also have a one-on-one six-month group coach, 6 months one one-on-one coaching program. And on my site, I've got three resources. I've got the eight strategies to boost your sales and revenue clientele. Mm-hmm. I've got the webinar series how to be that irresistible salon owner. Yes. And people say, that's a funny way to call it, Shavon. I go, well, irresistible to me is yes. someone that has purpose. That's purpose. Irres- how can you be irresistible? And people want to come and work for you. The clients love you. And so that's what that little webinar is about. They're free. I have, I'm a big believer of planners and that as well too. So I have the ultimate salon owner planner, which is a hard copy book. But I've also got some great, Uh, PDFs that you can get on the website as well too just anything to help with moving you forward in in your business and stepping up to be a great leader
0: I'm very excited (laughs) to see where your journey goes that's for sure and you're only just 12 months into it and it feels like you're smashing it already and just based on me starting to go through the how to be an irresistible salon owner webinar I'm only on module two at the moment but even just watching that and seeing the knowledge that you've got, I think people would be stupid not to sign up to it. (laughs) Uh, It's amazing. And yeah, I feel so blessed uh, to be able to connect with you, because you're inspiring me to better myself, even though I'm not a salon owner, but I help lead a team and manage a team. And even at times, I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing. And at times, I've not had the salon owner there to guide me through things so I'm having to make things up on the spot and some days I go home and beat myself up for maybe the way that I ask something of somebody or the way that I basically sort of got a bit shitty with somebody so even though I'm not a salon owner I feel like what you're providing is still highly highly valuable for people who are in leadership for people who are managers that maybe wish to go on into their career and have a own their own salon of their own so I, I think what you've provided and what you've created so far is just a a wealth of knowledge and you've got so much to gift. So yeah, thank you so much for connecting with me and jumping on here today. I I doubt it's going to be the last one. I'm going to be like, right, Sherelle next year, let's do some more or something or Another three months.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's wonderful what you're doing too, like what you're giving to the industry and having that voice in a beautiful the way that you do it too, like I think, you know, good on you as well too and we need to support each other in this industry, come together as a community and help support each other, I think. It's just how we're going to empower and grow.
0: Yeah, completely. It's it's finding those little buzzy bees in the industry and bringing them together to be able to help lead by example and particularly when it comes around to health and wellbeing within the industry too and I think just by starting these sorts of conversations... And talking about the experiences that you had as a first time salon owner and the struggles you went through for people that are listening in today, they're going to be like, oh, God, I relate to that. Oh, she knows how I feel. This person could help me. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, it's just lovely that both you and I can connect on such a level. And there's that alignment there of, of passion, of interest, of that desire to help people within the industry, because it can be a tough industry to be in.
1: Yeah, it can be. There's lots. Definitely, there can be lots of challenges, but there's an opportunity as well too. There's an opportunity there with that challenge to grow and and move through that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean,
0: it's been so good chatting, and thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time, energy. Yeah.
1: Here, and thank you for asking me to be interviewed and thinking that my story. is Important, like informative. So, it yeah, I'm i hope Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I will see you very soon, okay, my love. I hope this episode has brought you inspiration and new insights into the help that is out there to work towards your goals and dreams within this industry. To find out more about Sherelle, head to her Instagram, Sherelle King, being C H E R Y E L L E for Sherelle. Go follow her, and I've added links to the various things in the show notes. If you've listened to any other episodes of A Wholeness Podcast, please do leave a star rating and a review. It can help more than you know, and I'll begin to learn what you as a listener likes and wants to hear. I welcome feedback, and the more reviews this podcast can get, the higher up in the ranks it will go for more people to find it. Make sure to follow and turn on your notifications to remind you when the next episode is out. And if you have any topics you wish me to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, then head to my Instagram at the Yoga Barber and send me a DM. Oh, and don't forget to follow me. And if you're not already. Join me every Wednesday for a Wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.